since God is love, how could he decree something like polygamy? Or is it just a doctrine of men? Next on Polygamy, what love is this? This is part four of a huge task that we've undertaken to review a book of sermons and talks that the founder of the AUB Polygamy Group, Rulon Allred, preached during his time of leader of the, of the group. And our purpose, of course, is to show how the teachings are not from God, but are just doctrines of men. We bring the Bible to bear on those teachings, of course. Now, the scripture verse that we are using to apply to this whole series is found in Isaiah 2:22. Stop regarding man in whose nostrils is breath. For of what account is he? And like we said before, why trust a man when we can go to God who has all truth? We can turn, we can trust God. Right. And, and that's where we're supposed to go <clears throat> to discover his ways and his will. Now, the entire Mormon religion is based upon them setting aside the commandments of God and replacing them with their own unique commandments. And polygamy is one of them. They have changed biblical grace into a so-called exaltation earned by works. Polygamists have created a gospel of polygamy when God instituted monogamy. The book of sermons we're reviewing is entitled Treasures of Knowledge, Selected Discourses and Excerpts from Talks by Rulin C. Allred. And the last time, this is part four, and the last time we ended in the middle of a question and answer session that Rulin Allred was having with some of his people, we're going to continue with some very bad answers <laughs> from that session. <laughs> so the first question and answer. A seminary teacher said that certain parts of the Doctrine and Covenants were for the early days and not for now, that we didn't have to live polygamy now, and that it wasn't required for the Celestial Kingdom. Rulin's answer, then he knows more about it than our Heavenly Father does. That's the only answer I have for that, because our Heavenly Father is very explicit about this. He doesn't say that any of you who enter this principle before 1890, but all of you after that. Wow. Well, I'd like to know where that explicitness is wow. where the Heavenly Father ever said that. <laughs> the church claims polygamy was required during Joseph Smith's time when he started the Mormon church, but not since the manifesto in, in 1890. Now, the church itself is deceptive about that because there were over 800 polygamous marriages that took place between 1890 and 1904, and the leaders themselves entered into polygamy and performed the marriages. The, their claim for polygamy is not required for entrance into the Mormon celestial kingdom today, but Joseph Smith and the early Mormons pre it was essential. So which is it? Uh, Rulin Allred, of course, is getting into this when he's saying, well, they know more than the Heavenly Father does. Who's going <laughs> to finally admit that the Mormon prophets have led the people astray? I remember him saying that. <laughs> I remember him saying things like that, yeah. you know, like he knew everything because he knew what God said about everything. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what a prophet of God knows, right? Yeah. Everything that God's, mm -hmm. they say God said when he didn't said. Yeah. In fact, that's the very, what you just said is the very stranglehold that polygamy groups today have over their members. Mm -hmm. And no matter how difficult polygamy is, those who have been groomed from the cradle 
that is God's command and that is essential are mentally under his control. Mm-hmm. Both the LDS Church and the Mormon yeah. fundamentalists are wrong. It's mind control. It is definitely mind control. If polygamy was required to bring Mormons into eternal glory at any time in the past, then it's required now. And if it's not required now, then it was never required in the past. Because God is the right. same yesterday and today and forever. His salvation, His 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 Savior never changes. And and if if it was true, um, then Jesus, if polygamy is the Savior, then and not now, then then Jesus is not the Savior. He's just a poor victim of hatred and murder, not the Savior at all. Now, now there's only one Savior that can get us into eternal glory, and it's not polygamy. If it is polygamy, you don't need Jesus. And if it's Jesus, you don't need polygamy or Mormonism. A good verse is Matthew 17, 5, where God's voice is heard from heaven, and he gives this command. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. (laughs) That's good advice for everybody on the planet. Listen to Jesus. And where did Jesus teach polygamy? Chapter and verse, please. Can polygamy help or be the Savior? No. We read this in the book of Acts. Acts 16, 30, 31. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Where does it say believe in Jesus and live polygamy and you will be saved? It doesn't. Listen to what Jesus has to say and stop trusting and believing in mere men uh, and and listening to the other voices. Romans chapter 4 is a great chapter to get a better idea of grace as opposed to works for salvation. We've all at some time in our lives worked for someone to earn money, to earn a paycheck. We work for the money. We earned it. With that in mind, here what it says in Romans chapter 4. Romans 4, 4 and 5. Now to, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in, in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Where's polygamy in this, right? The okay. works of polygamy or the works of anything in that, this. That would be a good place to put it right there. Exactly. There's a lot of good places to put polygamy <laughs> if it was part of it. Right. And this is certainly one of them. You're right. When we work for a paycheck, we earn it. But God says we cannot work for eternal life or what Mormonism calls exaltation. It's a gift. Notice verse 5 in Romans. Our faith is counted to us as righteousness, not our works. Not the works of polygamy. Faith brings God's free gift of grace. But the very important in this is the object of our faith. Not just faith in any so-called God. It has to be in the right God of the Bible, Jesus Christ. Galatians tells us, That if righteousness could be gained by the works of the law, Jesus died in vain. If your polygamy helps you earn eternal exaltation, Jesus died on the cross for nothing. We need Jesus, but we don't need polygamy. Now, in answer to another question, Allred gives another very strange (laughs) answer. Yes. So, I remember being taught this as well. In reference to Noah, according to the scriptures, he had only one wife, 
And apparently Lehi was bound by some covenant in regards to this and, apparent, and apparently had only one wife. Would you comment on that, All Red's answer? God's design is that this polygamy shall be his law and they cannot obtain the fullness of the blessings, but they cannot be condemned by not keeping the law that he had told him not to keep. Now Noah doubtless had other wives who were not faithful and were destroyed in the flood. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, that's what I said when I first read this, wow. Now this is an example of a of, of man going against God's command, do not go beyond what is written. Where did he get the idea that Noah had other wives and that there was a law of polygamy in effect during Noah's time anyway? How could he ever know such things? The Bible doesn't say that. No. Fundamentalists just go about making things up and then claiming inspiration. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, there may well have been inspiration, but it certainly wasn't inspiration from God because he doesn't go against That's his right. own word ever. Now, the Bible clearly tells us Noah and his three sons each had one wife. Mm -hmm. And where he gets that he had wives that died in the flood is just his imagination. Uh, like Ezekiel said, speaking things that they didn't say, they said, saw things they didn't see. They dream them up. Dream them up. The LDS and fundamentalists talk about God's laws that aren't his laws. There's no law of polygamy. There is no law of polygamy. In the Bible, Praise in God. Adam's day or any day, or, or Noah's or Abraham's or Jacob's or day, there's no law of polygamy. No. God gave no law of polygamy ever anywhere. And once again, we challenge our polygamists and our LDS viewers to find one place in all the Bible where God commanded polygamy or even condoned it, as they dogmatically say that he did. Yeah, they called it the law of Sarah. The law of Sarah mm -hmm. is where the woman gives a, a wife to another wife right. to her husband. Right, and that Sarah was the first one to do it. Mm -hmm. But that's but not when you true, read chapter right? sixteen of Genesis, you can see that's not what happened at all. Right, at all. Now the next question may be a bit inconsequential. But evidently, Russell Nelson took something <laughs> like this quite seriously. <laughs> Someone said he thought there was. Be he thought there would be less trouble for the polygamist if they would change their names. The LDS church wouldn't bother them. Rulin answered, we have countless families, including the prophet Joseph's, who have changed their names, and it didn't change the persecution one iota. The officers of the land and others didn't care what their names were. <laughs> okay, and of course, this is obviously uh, the the Mormon, the LDS, you know, whatever the church is supposed to be called. Yeah, and the Kingstons used to change their names. Remember, your own father changed his name, right? Not the name of the church. No, the name of his name. My father didn't change his name. We changed. My mother didn't take a married name. Okay, because okay. she wasn't legally married. But they changed their last names. Yes, they, so they changed their last names. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and you can go in the Kingston group now, and they've made up so many last names because of the plural marriages. You don't know who's who or who's related to who because these last names are all just picked out of the air. My sister, when she married wow. into polygamy, she opened the phone book. She went down names and she, to find out what last name she wanted to choose, and she found one she liked, and she said, okay, I'll have this last name. And that was how, and then she made up a person that would fit it. And so a job and all that stuff. They, they have do that. no identity of who they are at mm -hmm. all when no, they, they do that. They know. don't. They really, they don't. Uh, and of course, the word Mormon 
Uh, it used to be a sacred word in the in the Mormon Church, but it's not a sacred word to the LDS anymore. It, evidently, it's a, the trick of the devil. To, <laughs> but but they, they're trying to draw closer. I think Nelson wanted to change that because uh, the fun, Mormon fundamentalists are using the word Mormon, and they can't. He can't get away from that, so he wanted the word Mormon taken out of the church at all. I think that was probably behind why he did that. Probably because the meaning of the name Mormon means well, cool of the it's dead. not good. Yeah, not good. But but as the saying goes, a rose by any other name is still a rose, and Mormonism by any other name is still Mormonism. Okay. Now we have more from All Red Sermons. <laughs> the law saves, and is that where we are? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Now notice this. Notice what he says here about the law. The law saves and preserves and sanctifies. And if he will obey the law, will he, not uh, sorry. And if he will not obey the law, he will not be preserved or sanctified by it. Not only that, but the gospel teaches us that if the celestial glory there are three heaven in the celestial glory there are three heavens and degrees, and in order to enter into the highest of these, a man must enter into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage. If he does not, he cannot attain it, but he must enter into one of the other degrees of glory. Now, notice the works, 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 oh, yeah. law. All commandments of men. Yes. And that's what yes. this whole point is, is that it's all commandments of men. Such a heavy, heavy burden that we carried. Yeah. It holds us in bondage, whereas God sets us free. It's for freedom that Jesus has come to set us free, yes. the Bible says. And he says, come unto yet, me, all ye heavy laden, you know. And take my burden. Yes. Let go of your burden and take mine. That's right. But notice what he says about the law, that the law saves. No, Jesus is the Savior, not the law. That it preserves right. and sanctifies. No, Jesus sanctifies us. Yes. He preserves us. It's all Jesus. It's all Jesus. And the law has nothing to do with it. And yet he says, if you won't obey the law, you're doomed. That's, that's a lie. That's an mm -hmm. out and out lie. Now, Galatians uh, chapter 3, verses 10 and 11 says this. Why don't you go ahead and read that one too? Now, keep in mind what he said about the law as you read this. I'm oh, sorry. I don't know. I must have. Galatians 3, 10 and 11. And go ahead and read it. For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now, it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith, not works, not polygamy, but by faith. Again, the object of your faith is very important. It's faith, not works. So what Rulin Allred was actually teaching the people was to place themselves under God's curse by teaching that obedience to laws is what saves us. The Bible says that puts us under a curse. God says it puts us under a curse and we have to believe him before we believe Rulin because we all fail if we try to keep the law. Nobody can keep the law perfectly all the time. So it has to be by grace, a gift from God, or no one would ever make it to any of God's heaven because at some point everyone's going to fail. But Jesus was perfect for us. 
Isn't that the beauty of the Christian oh. gospel? Is Jesus was perfect oh, for us. Yes. He kept the law so we don't have to. And in the quote that we just read, uh, and for those watching or listening who are not familiar with the, the Mormon term, the new and everlasting covenant, it's referring to plural marriage or polygamy. If you ever hear an LDS person say that, it's referring to their celestial marriage doctrine. And he is stating exactly what Joseph Smith taught, that the only way into celestial glory is by participating in their law of plural marriage. Again, show us where in the Bible that Jesus or any prophet in the Old Testament or New, or God himself commanded or taught that polygamy is required. The only new and everlasting covenant is Jesus Christ dying on the cross in payment for our sins. That was such a shock when I realized I, know, I had been shocked lied to. to. The whole time, this whole time, I thought it was a new and everlasting covenant of marriage. Yeah. And it was, and they had turned it all, uh, what Jesus did, all into this marriage covenant and families live forever. They, they, they've turned it into to spiritualized adultery is what they've done. And sex trafficking too. Yeah, yeah. And they've taken the cross, the power of the cross away and, and put the power in the bed. Mm -hmm. Sex. It's awful. It's horrible what they've done. Um, and we don't want to get too involved with this, you know, because it can get our temperatures riled up out there a little. <laughs> uh, but if Jesus on the cross is all Jesus, it it's, has yes. nothing to do with what we can or cannot do. Uh, and as I read through some of these sermons and talks given by Rulin, much of it was repetitious, you know, of what previous talks had done. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a lot of discussion about end times, like you said. They talk a lot about end times. Oh, and in one of that. the question and answer sessions of 1970, Rulin Allred said that World War III had already begun in small mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm that when it heats up, the people in their group needed to maintain their righteousness and purity so that they would be worthy to uh, journey back to Jackson County, Missouri, which is where they believe Jesus will return and the Mormon millennium kingdom is going to be set up because they think they're going to rule during the millennium. Yeah. Now, we were taught that in the Kingston group as well. However, Rulin Allred's warning that World War III had already started was over 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. He said that. And World War III didn't start. It, it didn't heat up. It hasn't started yet. Yeah, there's wars and rumors of wars, but Jesus said that would happen. But the end isn't yet. Time is always the enemy of a false Yeah, prophet. talk about confusing to a child. I remember yeah. thinking we were about ready to have a war all mm -hmm. the time. Like, mm -hmm. it was it was very, so a lot we. of fear. Yep, so did we, exactly. So did we. You know, I think the leaders of all the polygamy groups would secretly get together and have little meetings because there's so much that we were taught the same. They don't have group. meetings. They just read Joseph Smith's teachings. <laughs> no, they come up with their own come personal up. prophecies, too. Yeah. <laughs> In 1972, Allred addressed a group of polygamists in a conference in Pinesdale, Montana, where a community of all red group polygamists live up there. And they still live there now. For those who know their Bibles... This next comment may sound rather shocking, but it is definitely a Mormon fundamentalist belief. This is a small group of people, but it is the beginning of the work that will fill the world, and it isn't a new wor work. It is the extension of a work started by Joseph Smith. 
He restored the fullness of the gospel. He established the law of celestial marriage and the united order. He said that Zion could not be redeemed without them. The Lord God Almighty sustained him in that prophecy in that they could not be redeemed without these two principles. Zion could not be redeemed except by obedience to the law of, celestial, of the celestial kingdom. These two laws are the capstone of the celestial kingdom. So who's the redeemer? The two laws. <laughs> Again, it's Jesus who's the redeemer, right? And they're just taking man's doctrine, replacing them with God, from what God said, and making their own religion and their own laws. And, and, and again, he said this over 50 years ago. And that work he's talking about did not fill the world yet. And it never will. Because people who know their Bible and know it to be God's infallible word will reject polygamy and will never accept it, especially on the level of being co-redeemer with Jesus. And by the way, as we've said before, Zion is in Jerusalem. It is not in Mormonism. He reminds the people that Joseph Smith restored the fullness of the gospel. And he said it consisted of two principles polygamy, and the United Order. Give the leaders everything you own and live in poverty and love it. Mm -hmm. That's what the United Order... Where's Jesus? You know, only one foundation's been laid, and they are laying different foundations than Jesus. And this, by the way, what he said is not a restoration of any gospel, and it is not good news. It's actually very bad news. Allred stated that Brigham Young had also agreed with Joseph Smith about these two principles, saying that he feared that when he was gone, the two principles would be done away with, that the fundamentalists, they picked up the baton and instigated the awful, poverty-stricken, painful two principles of polygamy and the united order, neither one of them being God's will or his way or his method. They're just doctrines of men. One of the most talked about principles of polygamy groups is priesthood. So we're going to talk about that a little bit again on page 96. Okay. He said this. From Noah, the priesthood is traced down through Shem, the birthright seed, and from his descendants to Abraham, on down to Christ's time, to the quorum of the Twelve Apostles, and that lineage and and that birthright blessing has continued in the earth through Jacob's son, Joseph, and particularly through Ephraim to our present time. That gospel was or has been preached in our time again through the ministration of the prophet Joseph Smith to all the world and in the beginning preached and is being preached. It is the blood of Ephraim that we are gathered out. It is the blood of Ephraim that we are gathering out because they will hold the keys of the kingdom of God and the ministering of the ordinances of the priesthood to all the nations of the earth. Okay, and again, there's so much wrong with this mm -hmm. stuff we've talked about in the past, but we have to address it again because he's teaching heresy, he's teaching false doctrine. There was no priesthood in Noah's time. Uh, find it in the Bible. It's not there. And remember, God doesn't want you to go beyond what he's revealed to us already. Abraham didn't have a priesthood. Neither did Jacob or Joseph or Ephraim. None of them had the priesthood. Priesthood wasn't even instigated by God until hundreds of years later. There's only one priest of God most high, and that's 
Melchizedek. Now, the formal uh, in Genesis, in Genesis, there's only one priest of God Most High. Now, the formal priesthood wasn't established until after the Exodus when the Israelites were taken out of Egypt. It didn't become from Ephraim's lineage. Ephraim was disallowed the priesthood. He couldn't have it. It came through Aaron and only through the bloodline of Aaron. Anyone who tried to uh, usurp the priesthood uh, and the priesthood duties that were given to Aaron and his children were severely dealt with by God himself. Some were even killed. Oh yeah, 250 at one time, it tells us in the book of Numbers. Yet the priesthood is elevated among the LDS as well as the polygamy groups, all this priesthood stuff, but there is no priesthood, there's none. The book of Hebrews is very clear. The Old Testament priesthood has passed away. It's gone. Joseph Smith didn't restore it because something God has voided cannot be restored. Both prophets and priesthood is gone. And Jesus, who himself is the fulfillment of all the Old Testament law, now holds the offices of both priesthood and prophet. And no man and no religion has an authentic biblical priesthood. Hebrews tells us this about the New Testament ministry of Jesus and that it has replaced the Old Testament or Old Covenant. That's what Old Testament means, is the Old Covenant. So we read Hebrews 8, 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant, which was established on better promises. You see the better here? Better, better. All this new covenant so better. is so better, better than the old covenant, and and they're depending upon Mormonism, which is a, depending on the Old Testament oh, principles. Yeah. But the better covenant is based on better promises, and it was established by and administered by Jesus alone. The Old Testament law, which is the old covenant, is no longer valid. Hebrews eight thirteen. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made this first obsolete. Now, what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. It's obsolete. All the Old Testament laws and covenants and, and, and things that the polygamist and Mormonism claims needs to be kept is vanished away. Read your Bible. Right, it's done away with. It's, it's gone. gone. It's, gone. Mm-hmm. it's obsolete. It's like paying off your mortgage. You, you're, you've paid off your mortgage. You've full, fulfilled the terms of the mortgage, but you keep making the payment. Who's going to do that? The lender's <laughs> void of the contract because you fulfilled it. And Jesus has come and he's paid off our obligations to God. He paid off the mortgage and you're paying for it still? Yeah, That's he, ridiculous. He said he finished the work. He, he finished. finished. It's finished. So when we believe and trust him that he has finished it and his word for us and nothing else for our eternal glory, he honors his covenant with us and will save us by grace through our faith in his completed and perfect works. That is the new covenant and the only new covenant. We don't need polygamy. We don't need polygamy (laughs) leaders. Praise God. Okay, that's the end of this particular sermon uh, of uh-huh. ruling all red. There's so much in thank these. Thank you. Thank you so much for doing this. <laughs> oh, thank is, you, Karen. I appreciate it so much. Thank you for sharing your experiences in it because it's very interesting to hear different, different sides of the same issue. Thank you very much. Titus chapter 3 verses 4 through 7 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior 
toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that having been justified by his grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Now, there is a beautiful passage, and there are some very important points in this passage in Titus. First, God is our Savior, which confirms that Jesus, the Savior, is God. Second, the Savior saves. That's what the word means. And we are saved by the Savior because of His mercy through His grace. Third, note that it clearly says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. And fourth, God pours out his grace, mercy and renewal abundantly to all who will trust him and him alone for heaven. Your works, your polygamy, your leader, no Mormon doctrine holds a place alongside Jesus to save us. He did it all by himself. He did it alone on the cross and he did it all. Our job is to believe, receive, and say thank you, and then follow Him. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.